0: Your Bibles turn to 1 John chapter 5. We're we going to use those tonight, brother. Are we ready, brother Cody? Anybody need some hearing assistance? Are oh, all Good. You can pick them up 300 feet from the sound room. So y'all can just go sit in your car and enjoy the service. Amen. we will be called the first drive in Baptist Church of Dalton, Georgia. Amen. The trouble is, you all come in your pajamas and stay in your car and make somebody take you out the little things. And, you know, uh, We all need to have all the help we can to listen to the gospel. I thought about this for you sleepers. I was going to get some that just shock you a little bit, you know, wake you up right in the middle of my message. But uh, uh, we had a wonderful day yesterday. I think the Lord really moved in the service, in the worship service at the funeral home. And then at the YDC, I was so disappointed. Only five people came out. And uh, they said a lot of them went home, so I ought to be glad. But I said, man, I'm just preaching to five. So I preached the funeral message again to them and had three of them saved. Amen. Amen. And uh, he said, why did you preach a funeral message in the jail? Because that was fresh on my heart. Amen. I was preaching on entering into the rest. And, well, uh, i tell you what, God thrilled my heart. Didn't want to leave the place after all these kids getting saved. One little boy pulled me over to his table before I left, and he said, I want you to pray for me. He said, there's about 16 wild kids live in my house, and we fight all the time, and most of the time I just go out and sleep in the yard, and um, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out of here. It was just so sad that this guy hadn't got no place to go, and he's got a bunch of wild Comanche Indians living with him, and it's not real Indians, but I mean just teenagers that are wild and drugs, and he was so broken, he got saved. He was so broken that he didn't have, he wanted a place to go live, and I almost took him home with him, my wife would have shot me, but uh, we need to pray for these people in YDC, amen? I can't share their names or their addresses, that's against protocol, they're getting stricter and stricter, we're trying to get Miss Jackie in there and they won't, they won't let her in, but um, we need people to bring the word of God in. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 5, and uh, we are uh, going to finish this chapter in a couple of weeks, and then I'm going to let uh, some other people preach on Wednesday night if they'd like to, and uh, share the word of God with us. And I'm really excited about this tri-state, I want us to be good hosts, because there's a lot of pastors, a lot of pastors, very discouraged. In fact, the uh, moderator, he'll, we're having an election on that day, so we're electing a new moderator uh, for the tri-state, but I guarantee you, last time I preached, I preached on place of prayer, and uh, it was about five or six preachers said, I just feel like my ministry's over, and uh, they were just so despondent and so discouraged, and I thought to myself, I've never had that problem at our church, we've always had unity, and I've never had anybody try to run me off, and um, it's been a blessing, it's been a blessing to have to preach a, and pastor a church that's together, I can't imagine a church fighting and fussing railroading the preacher off because I don't like something about him. But it happens every Sunday in Dalton, Georgia probably. I want you to pray for our neighboring pastor, Brother Ron McKinney. He had a major heart attack. He's got a triple bypass surgery. Pastors Kenzie Drive Baptist Church. Real, real nice gentleman. And uh, we don't agree doctrinally at all, but praise God, uh, I appreciate him. And and uh, worked with him at Christian Heritage many years ago. So please pray for him. So, it's only the grace of God you're not hospital somewhere. So on the grace of God you have strength to be here, help to be here. So thank the Lord for that. Let's stand on the word of God. First John chapter 5 verse 1 through 6 and if you'd like to have some hearing assistance um, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. No, uh, ask, ask Brother Cody he'll get you a set and uh, it's, you can turn up the volume and down the volume and I thought it was just one earplug but it's two and so Uh, Be sure that you realize that. I'll never forget every time I listen on my headset, my wife says, why are you hollering? I said, I'm not hollering. She said, yes, you are. You're hollering. I said, oh, okay, you know, I I forgot. All right, well, anyway, whosoever believeth that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God. Thank God for that. Everyone that loveth him, that begoteth loveth him also, that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. Something's wrong with your heart if you had to be here tonight. And whatsoever is born of God, now here's the text, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. One more verse. This is he that came by water, that's physical birth, and blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by the water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit Spirit is truth. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good week we've had, and I do pray for comfort and strength for those that are hurting tonight. I thank you, dear God, for the miracle of the answer of prayer for Brother Howard. I pray, dear God, that you just continue to strengthen him. I know he's so weak Sunday. God, he wants to do more around the church and, and uh, get back to uh, working for others. And I pray, God, you continue to bless him. And, Lord, thank you that we are overcomers tonight. And we don't have to cow down to the world or the liberals or all the politics and all the things that's going on that disturb us. God, we can go by your word and by your power and by your spirit and live victorious. God, thank you for the victory that was won at Calvary for us. And so, Lord, help us tonight to realize what it takes to become an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's an organization, I put their logo up on the wall because I couldn't find another, another logo that's better overcomers let go and let God how to become an overcomer you know the only problem with the uh, alcoholic anonymous some of you I know are members there but I always th- trouble about the alcoholic anonymous by the way brother Howard got a good report his heart's good I knew your heart was good anyway brother amen but uh, I mean got a good report amen well I rejoice with him he said he wanted to run around the building four times with you if y'all want to go with him amen what a blessing but, uh, you know, the only problem with overcomers is they do not name the higher power. Now, they might in these churches with these, with these um, uh, programs, and I think they're good. I thought about having one many times. We've got so many drug addicts in Dalton. But, um, you know, a lot of times it's just the higher power, and it's almost the power of positive placing your faith in that higher power. But I want to tell you something, friend. There is no higher power than God's power, and there's no higher power than the death, burial, and resurrection. And if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be going to the YDC for the last 37 years and preaching to those young people. And Brother Larry wouldn't be going to the jail every day and have one saved today, praise God, and is rejoicing over that. And I want to tell you something, friend. I know it works. I know he works. And I know that he'll work through you. And, you know, the Bible says, whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God. We, we went over this a couple weeks ago. But in review... Folks, uh, let me ask you a question: Are you an overcomer? Uh, are you simply trying to hold on till Jesus comes? A lot of people talk about overcoming, but they're overcome. Depression, drugs, folks. Is there's ever a time in our lives that we need to be uh, ministering to those out in this world? It's today, because they're overcome. They're 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 addicted. Those, those precious children, and I mean, uh, all those boys got saved last night, but those little girls sitting on the, uh, only one girl sitting on the corner, and she was just weeping and, and, and depressed, and I couldn't get her to look up, much less respond to the invitation. I thought, man, she's overcome. She's just under it. And Lord only knows what that girl lived through or what she did to somebody else, and they had to live through it with her. And, you know, we sing victory in Jesus, but are we victors or victims? And they do not live life of victory sometimes when they sing songs. Uh, we don't lie as Baptists, but we lie a lot of times when we sing Baptist hymns. Victory in Jesus, we ain't got a lick of it. Uh, and I believe the only place you ought to be when you're depressed is in the house of God. And that you ought to come just as you are. And if you're so low you've got to walk through that door without it opening up, you still should come. But overcoming Christians is not a super Christian. Uh, Watchman Nee said that the normal Christian life is overcoming. The normal Christian life. So that means if you're not overcoming, you're an abnormal Christian. I have a favorite saying, are you living, or question, are you living beneath your privilege? Folks, the privileged life is this. We are more than conquerors through Christ that strengthen us. Amen? Uh, If God be for us, who can be against us? We're on the winning side. When your little boy used to get up here and sing that, and the choir backed him up. A redheaded red-headed fellow named Stephen. And I love that song. Are you on the winning side? Well, you are if you're saved, but we need to activate it. And here's the way to do it. I want you to take some notes. And uh, I know that y'all listen a lot of times because I can see you taking notes. But um, are you overcoming or are you overcome? There's three simple facts that is tremendous principles uh, from this passage to teach us how to be an overcomer. Number one, in verse 4, it says, For whosoever is born born of God overcometh the world. Now, I want you to notice that. Number one, you will encounter a powerful opposition, the world. The world is sick but the world is sinful. Say amen. How many of you stayed up at 11 o'clock watching three hours of those liberals debate? That's pathetic. I'll just be honest with you. And the leading lady now is the biggest advocate of killing babies on this earth. And she's going up in the polls and boy, it's all on, buddy. Let's impeach the president and go kill some babies. Folks, the world's sick. But the world's not just sick, the world's sinful. And if you're basing your hope on uh, politicians, you're going to be sadly disappointed, as I am every day. And folks, because they break their word, but God never breaks his word. They're a bunch of liars, but God never lies. They're unpredictable. They're human, and they're frail. And I'll tell you what a human being is. He's manipulative. They'll do anything for a vote. They, when they get in, they don't do half of what they say they're going to do. Amen. Now, I know I'm preaching against politics, but, you know, I'm just telling you, don't put your faith and trust in man. Put your faith and trust in God. And here it is. The world is your opposition. The world is your opposition. Amen. I mean, we ought to really be concerned about how the world's taken over the church. One candidate said this, that if... Um, if I'm elected, I promise you that every church that does not believe in same-sex marriage will withdraw their tax exemption status. If you vote for that person and we lose our tax-exempt status, I'm gonna come take it out of your bank account, praise God, amen. What a, what a dingbat to start messing with God's church, amen. I can't say it in any other way. What, what a sad day we live in that they're going to use this perversion to hold us in captivity or make us pawns in their little game. It won't happen here. We're preaching the Bible. We're staying by the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, we're not going with it. The world is our enemy. The world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Don't you love that old song? Amen. I appreciate that song you just sung, brother. I thought it was my turn to sing, and I got nervous for nothing. Praise God. Amen. I get nervous when I sing. The world is opposition. And the world is not talking about the terra firma, which means in Latin, beautiful earth, the rocks, the trees, the birds, the bees. I think you ought to love this world, but I don't think you ought to go out and hug a tree or kiss one either. Say amen. Amen. And he did discover the internet while he was kissing the tree. But anyway, I'm just saying, I shouldn't say that. Let me stick with the scripture. God's handiwork is to be appreciated. Say amen. And I'm an environmentalist. I don't think you ought to trash it up, and I don't think you ought to pollute it up. So if you're smoking, stop it. You're killing yourself on the installment plan. We got quiet there. Somebody ought to said amen just to prove you don't smoke. But anyway, but, hey, listen, listen to me for a second. Please listen to me. We ought to take care of God's earth, but that's not our enemy. That's not our status quo that's not our biggest battle oh we gotta we're gonna disintegrate in 20 years if we don't clean up the air lord of god it's been polluted all these years god's going to sustain us just don't worry about it but you know don't pollute but i want to tell you something what concerns me is another world and folks what is the world well it's the people we ought to be the people we ought to be against people no we ought to love people uh, ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says that there's uh, powers and rulers and principalities and, and the devil uses people he possesses them I believe these mass murders are not uh, from watching too much TV I think they're demon possessed I think they're demon-possessed kids they're drug-possessed kids uh it's pathetic they're bitter at their parents I got thrown out when they was kids and folks I want to tell you something they're abused kids abuse hurt people hurt didn't Brother John Anderson preach that on a Tuesday night about six years ago? Hurt people, hurt people. I was writing a, a fellow in jail yesterday and he 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 said he said I, I said he said I need some help. And I wrote him back and said, You're bitter. You need to give up the bitterness. I mean, if, if I'm gonna pay for the stamp, praise God, I'm gonna say what I want to, amen. The internet stamp. And um and then he then he wrote back and says, you know, I remember that message. Hurt people, hurt people. So you never know who's going to listen. I'm not saying that he obeyed or heeded, but he did hear it. Say amen. He ain't got it yet. What is this world? This world, the word world here is commos, C-O-S-M-O-S, commos. It's an ordered system. It's Satan's system. Uh, I was going to Ephesians and lost my place talking, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter six says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God." Verse eleven, chapter six. You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what the wiles of the devil is? Just taking for granted. He is not a person in a red suit with a pitchfork. He's the angel of light. He's 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 he works through demons. And folks, there's some demonic people in this world that's trying to run our world. There's demonic people in Iran and Iraq and Turkey and Syria. North Korea's got a real demonic leader. He is crazy as a loony bird, but I want to tell you something. He's more than crazy. He's demon-possessed. And he's going to blow up something sooner or later. I just hope it ain't pointed to the USA. USA. You say, I won't sleep a wink tonight after you said that. Hey, listen. Listen, Jesus is coming. Don't worry about it. Amen? I mean, don't be nonchalant, but just just realize God's got it under control. And praise the Lord, just stay in him. But cosmos, um, that's where we get the word cosmetics, ladies. You know, y'all spend a lot of time putting on cosmetics. I can't preach against that because, it it makes you look better. (laughs) That didn't come out right, did it? Amen? We men, we men, we have no help Say amen We get old, we look old We get ugly, we look ugly <laughs> Less some of you sissies use cosmetics I hope you don't Amen I won't even wear a pink tie Until Brother Daryl Newberry taught me into it But um, Cosmos It means she's putting her face in order Cosmos, in order It's an order Cosmetolitan Potolitan. That means uh, runs in an orderly way. Uh, the government. Uh, it should be cosmos. So the devil has an order. The devil has a, a system. The devil has a, an antichrist network. And folks, I don't know if you know it or not, but it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principals, against powers, against uh, rulers in darkness of against spiritual wickedness in high places. There, wherefore, taking to you the whole armor of God. I don't know if you realize it or not, but it is more wicked out there than it's ever been. And it's more treacherous and more perilous, and I'm just telling you, more corrupt. I'll be honest with you. I believe Hollywood has got an agenda. They're pushing this same-sex marriage on every TV program you turn on. Last night I said, there's another one off the list. My wife started crying. That's my favorite program. No, she didn't do that. She said, that's right. Praise God. I said, honey, I hate to admit this, but I'm going to admit it choked up. Don't tell anybody here. I'm going to tell the whole world. I'm beginning to like your Hallmark movies. I'm beginning to like them because I ain't seen no queers on the Hallmark Channel. I hadn't seen no same-sex marriage. I hadn't seen a couple of nurses, uh, uh, kissing in the in the in the residence the New Amsterdam is full of heresy I mean everything has an agenda it's obvious and folks when I was being brought up we had Andy Griffin and I love Lucy and Lucy didn't love Lori <laughs> she loved Ricardo praise God amen that's all right isn't it Say amen, Rex. God bless you. And I want to tell you something. Today, there's an agenda, and it's not even hidden, and it makes me sick. Does it make you sick? Because it's a system to draw you away from being an overcomer. So you can be a victim and get your little sign and go picket somebody because they won't let people marry the same sex in their your church or whatever. You know, go pick it. Go throw a rock, rock through a window. That'll, that'll solve everything. And that's where we're at. I hate to admit it, and I hate to bring you down because you were all smiling when you came in here, and now you're all frowning. But I want to say this, friend. The, le- the devil has a system, and that system is called the world cosmos. It's an antichrist and I want to say this, and I'd say it with a broken heart. We live in a post Christian America. Christianity is not popular anymore. But there is a grassroots movement. And, folks, there is more Christians than you think. And if we just, and I almost said we'd come out of the closet. Don't, I ain't going to say that. If we just get to the polls and vote, and if we'd pray, and if we'd go to church regular and be good Christians, we could take back this country with revival. With revival I didn't say politics revival amen churches ought to be full brother Bobby in this day and age because of the condition out there it's dark it's discouraging but it's devilish cosmos and so the first principle I want you to see is there is a warfare there is an enemy And folks, I want to tell you something. If you got saved just to be popular, you you got saved for the wrong reason. You ought to get saved for God's glory. And the more I'm around people, the more I realize that we really don't reverence holy things anymore. The whole world just is casual, laid back, and they're not really serious about the things of God. They're critical of preaching. I had a—I a, a, heard this, and I'm gonna confront the guy. I heard a guy in leadership over in Chatsworth, has a good business, said that our church was a cult. Said that to somebody that's considering coming to this church. And boy, I'm tell you something—I'm ticked off about it. If you think I'll give him any business, you got another thought coming. We're not a cult. We're a church. But we are an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental church, which I do not apologize to, and we do believe there's a battle, and we do believe in holiness, and we do believe in making a difference, and we believe in being different, and I'm not going to apologize for that. As long as God gives me breath, I want to stand for the old-fashioned past, which is the New Testament Christianity. So we're in a warfare. I want to give you three things under this uh, topic about our world. Or the world that we live in. Number one, there's the enemy of the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, please. 1 John 2, 15. Don't ever be, don't ever apologize for being an old-fashioned Baptist. Don't ever apologize. And We're not cultish. You do not do what I say, you do what God says. If I say anything that's contrary to this word of God, you have permission to rebuke me. We go by the book. If you want to call that cultic, go ahead. We look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says and we know, oh, excuse me, I'm in chapter 4, I'm sorry, 2, 16. For all, it says, love not the world, verse 15, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's sort of conclusive, isn't it? It says, For all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the what? World. world. So you know what I love about the Bible, Brother Jeremy? It's the greatest commentary on the Bible. You say, well, what is the world? Well, the b- verse just said it. The world is made up, number one, of the lust of the flesh. That deals with, write it down, passion. I wrote it down for you passion the devil wants to get a hold of your passion you know I have a passion to eat Brother Wallace said I mentioned diet more than any preacher that he'd ever met I met a a guy the day in a restaurant that I like Lisa's Cafe hadn't seen him in a long time he took me back to see his mother that just lost her husband and um, me and Connie went back through the kitchen and everything else And I noticed, I said, man, you're not the same person. He said, no, I've lost 85 pounds. And I said, well, man, give me your diet. He said, you don't want my diet, preacher. It's called meth. And I'm off of it now. I'm straight and I'm sober. Pray for me. Then he asked me if I wanted to go fishing tomorrow. I said, I ain't got time to go fishing. I got to go to the hospital. But I want to tell you this, friend. There ought to be a passion. It ought to be a right passion. It's all right to eat as long as you don't overeat. It's all right to have intimate sexual relationships in marriage. Say that. Amen. Hey, it's all right to rest, but don't be lazy. Amen. I mean, it's natural appetites. I'm glad I have a passion towards my wife and not towards another man. That's sad, isn't it? Well, God made me different. No, God didn't make you different. You perverted how God made you. I want to say this. The devil wants to say pamper the flesh so that you can do something contrary to the will of God. You're out of town, pamper the flesh. Uh, you're, You're tired. You don't want to read the Bible. Pamper the flesh. You don't want to pray, pamper the flesh, just go to bed all day long you've been basking in the blessings of God, and you ain't said thank you to God one time, but that's all right, you're tired. Passion. And then the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. I said the lust of the eyes. The, the lust of the eyes, mean, Okay. We've got to get a new projector, I can't even see that one. Uh, it's Possessions. It's possessions. Um, You ever heard this phrase, feast your eyes on that? Amen? I want to tell you something. It's amazing how Hollywood and uh, marketing, I I majored a little bit in marketing, took a few courses. They They know what the lust of the eyes is. It deals with possessions, not passion. The eyes simply see things, and they want those things. And your eyes have an appetite. That's why ladies, it's important you dress modestly. Because men are attracted by sight. The wrong kind of flesh can draw somebody to do something that you never thought they'd do. So we have to guard our eyes. That's why pornography is deadly, addictive, and aggressive. If you don't believe it, I promise you, that there's probably a man in this room that's been addicted to it sometime or other. It's addictive. It's as addictive as meth. And so there's the devil. He puts it before you. We're in a computer age. Thank God you can Google anything, but you also can be surprised by a lot of things that pop up on your computer. Say amen. And we live in a day where teenagers get to have a computer every second of their life called a iPhone and they're subject to a lot of filth. And you wonder why they're not marrying right. And you wonder why they got somebody pregnant or they got pregnant. And that'll ruin your life if you ain't careful. You'll marry the wrong person out of obligation. You should never marry a person out of obligation. You ought to marry them because it's the will of God. Say amen. And I'm just saying this, and, you know, thank God for some of you that's got victory over that past. and You're not a second-class saint, and I'm proud of you, and thank God for you rebuilding your life by the grace of God. But i want to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of heartache that comes through the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. If you're a normal, passionate person, you're attracted by what you see. I don't believe we ought to be shabby. And I don't believe I ought to dress like a bunch of prats. I met, I met a guy down here, just just first, first 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 road, Hispanic guy, real sharp, about thirty years old, and he said, uh, "I said, where do you go to church?" After I gave him a little packet, he said, "I go to the Union Assembly." I said, "You do what?" And I knew Pete was about to get out of the car because about ruined his wife. That's right. I'm, I'm just be honest with you that stuff will ruin you. They don't own you. They don't own your realta- They don't own your own your mortgage. They don't tell you how to live. They don't tell you you can't go to the doctor. That's, that's that is a cult. Put that on there. And you know he said after we talked a while. I don't know what he said, but it's pretty funny to the back row. But anyway, you know what he said? He said, "You know, maybe I need to maybe I need to look for a new church." And you know what he got you know where he got that from? Just the look on my face. I won't go sit there and criticize this church on a visitation program where I'm trying to get to the next cover twenty-four doors. He could just tell I wasn't too pleased with that. (laughs) And you know, and when Brother Pete started laying on the horn in his old Buick, he knew he wasn't pleased with it. Amen. But you know, listen, this world's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Then one more, the pride of life pride of life. That, that, that has to do with positions. You know, there's a lot of people that sold out their relationship with God for a promotion on the job. Well, you got to work on Sunday. I want to tell you something. You've got to work on Sunday once in a while to get the, the uh, boss off your back. But I'll tell you what, if they told me I had to work on Sunday every Sunday, I'd find a new job. Because I'm going to tell you why. Your Walk with God's more important than your position, your career. What does it profit a man if he has a career and lets the whole world go to hell and his kids go to hell? Sometimes Dalton, Georgia has been guilty of being a bunch of workaholics. When I came from South Georgia, we didn't act that way. It was farmers that were kind of laid back. But they were great workers now. They worked the dark and they got up with the chickens, which was 5.30, I think. I never got up with them. One time, I, one time I got up at 5.30 was to go find a little pond full of bass, praise God. Catch them for sunlight. That was my duty, praise the Lord. I had to teach these young people how to fish. But folks, listen, they, they forfeit on the altar of pride the things that really count. And I know some of you are going through struggles with third shift and second shift. It's hurting your family. It's hurting your marriage. I'll just be candid. We ought to pray for each other to have the kind of jobs that will free us to be faithful. To be faithful. I I talked to somebody this week. They said the best thing I ever did best thing I ever did oh it was that lady that runs Lisa's Cafe she said the best thing I ever did was close my restaurant on Sunday she said I knew it broke your, broke your heart preacher I like the fried chicken I said no that's fine God bless you sister I shouldn't even be eating here you know on Sunday and I said I understand and, I, and I, I've got over it she said well, we're going to open back up in January I said oh good no I didn't say it but she said you know I shut it down I spent a lot of time with my husband and he died three weeks ago and she started cheering up right there, i mean just right there in the restaurant just boohoo and she said and i wouldn't changed. i wouldn't exchange the, the days that i had with my husband for anything and i said sister you followed the lord and i'm so glad you did she was saying, listen, it doesn't matter. what Everybody's pushing her now to open up. I said, don't open up. If it's going to interfere with your relationship with your child, don't open up. Go get a job at Chick-fil-A. No, I didn't say that. Amen. So, folks, we forfeit a lot sometimes for things that really don't matter. And, folks, money matters, but money's not everything. Amen. Riches of this world's not everything. It has wings and it flies away. Say Amen. And everybody just eats each other alive like a bunch of piranhas to get ahead and make a little more money. And then if somebody surrenders to the mission field, we think it's extraordinary, extravagant, great day of tragedy. We have to send our kids to the mission field and they give up a great career. Once the prophet of man he became the whole world. We're not to be conformed to the world. We're not to compromise with the world. We're not to be conformed comforted by the world we're not to look like the world act like the world smell like the world we are to confront the world and we need to overcome the world and then go back into the world and be a witness amen and God help us to think that you can witness to somebody that's a workaholic if you are one God help us if you think you can witness to somebody that's got some problems in this passion of life, in this lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, if you've got that problem. we got to come out of the world and then go back in and rescue I've never seen a man effectively rescue anybody by jumping in a well with a drowning man. You've got to get conformed to the image of God and not the image of the world. But there's so much pressure. Our young people, God help them. I've never seen so many fads and so much change in fashion in all my life. And they just go with it. And I mean, about five years, you panic because you've got to buy a whole new wardrobe because it's, it's out of date. I mean, wide ties are coming back in, praise God. I'm glad I saved them. I put them in the refrigerator. i got so much food on them, and I'm saving it for later. No. But, you know, just, say, just, just hang on now. Denim's out, it's coming back. Amen. Mini skirts are out, they're coming back. Bell bottoms are out, they're coming back. Folks, why are we subject to the world? We are to be of the next world, of the higher world. And so number one, here's the principle to give you victory. There is a battle. Gird up with the truth. There is a battle. Realize, the world is not our home. We're just passing through. And we are pilgrims, but we're not just pilgrims. We're missionaries. Number two, real quick, you must exercise personal obedience. You must exercise personal obedience. Number one, because you love God. Look at verse 2, First John chapter 5, and I'll close. The Bible says, But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And so number two is that we love others. We love others. That's why we ought to obey, because we love others. Let me tell you this, friend, and I'm going to say it real quick. quickly. The best daddy in this room is a daddy that loves God enough to obey him. That's the best daddy in this room is a daddy that loves God enough to obey him. You bring blessings on the whole families. the whole family. The best mama in this room is a mama that loves God enough to obey him and as she obeys him, it brings a lifestyle to those kids that she thinks God is the ultimate, that God is the priority, that God is more important than than herself or this world or her hurt feelings. Folks, listen. When we disobey God, we hurt others. Anytime you get hurt by another person, that person disobeyed God. Because we're not here to hurt people. We're not here to hurt people. Yesterday as I was eating lunch, I saw a fellow that I didn't agree with the way he looked, you know, and stuff, but I I, I really tried to be his friend. I wanted to be his friend. I, I had conversation with him. I talked to him. I wanted to find out about him. And come to find out he called the day and said, I gotta find out when that church starts. I got to find out where that church is. I got to find out how I can get involved. Because I've got a wife in Maryland, and I've got a broken home, and I believe that that preacher might can help me. I wonder if I had to put down the way he looked, or maybe I was critical, or maybe I was so spiritual I didn't speak to the young man. Folks, listen, we are not to be of the world, but we're not to be so condescending and so pharisaical that we think we got it together listen if it wasn't for the grace of God you'd be under the table today hey Amen. where would you be I'd be a drunk I promise you I would be a drunk because that's all I knew when pressure gets going let's go get drunk that's what my daddy would do he'd get drunk when he took me to get a haircut and, and the, it was a drunk barber now you know what happened <laughs> I was a nervous wreck time I got home from the barbershop. Number one, my daddy got so tanked up he couldn't drive. I was scared to death. And I knew behind that curtain that's what they were doing. And he and he would always wait and say, Oh, you can go ahead. I said, Why well, go ahead? I want to get out of this barbershop, Daddy. They were drinking all Saturday morning. And I got drugged right in the middle of it. But thank God. I had a mama that made me go to church. I had a mama drug me to church. And I had a Sunday school teacher that loved me. Amen, I Miss Nancy, keep on loving them. Miss Brunella, Miss Lois, Miss Easter, all of you. Teach those little old kids. Miss Abby, love them. Just love them. They might be scared to death, and nervous about the point of the nervous breakdown at the age of nine. But you love them. You show them a different way. You show them the light. And I'm going to tell you something. They ain't looking for a worldly teacher. They're looking for a godly teacher. Some people don't like my little requirements for leadership around here, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not requirements. It's requirements to be effective. It's requirements to be fruitful. You must be faithful. You must be faithful. Why? Because oh, these kids are looking for you. They don't even know me. The other day I was walking down the hall and this little old guy come up to me and says, are you the preacher? <laughs> I said, no, I'm the janitor. No, I said, yeah, I'm the preacher. I said, I need to spend more time with that guy. I thought that was so cute, but he knew Miss Nancy. He knew Miss Becca. And he knew that they were godly. Folks, number, number one, we, we obey God because we love God. We obey God because we love others. And then we obey God because we know that his commandments are not grievous. What does that mean? I'll close with this. It's time to go. Grievous it means it's not a have to, not a want to, but it's not to hurt us. Let me put it another way. We know our, his commandments are for our welfare. How many of you have children that one time thought you was mean because you wouldn't let them go somewhere? You would not let them be with somebody. They thought you was, they want to they want to turn you into the authorities. Tell them, let them try. But I want to say this, friend. They'll know later on that your no was an act of love. It was a boundary of protection. Thou shalt not. How dare God tell me thou shalt not? I'm going to tell you what he's saying. Don't hurt yourself. You will not get hurt, go, go commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You want to hurt your children, go ahead and do it. You want to hurt yourself. Proverbs 6 says you'll never get over it. That's what it says. I didn't say it. hurt your children just go ahead and let them find that out in the daily citizen let them find it out when you walk off and you got visiting hours you can't go to church because you got to pick them up at 6 o'clock I know this hurts some of you but I'm just saying I'm trying to help those who haven't been through it so let me preach don't hurt yourself thou shalt not I shall not have any other gods before you. Don't hurt yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. Those gods are of the devil. Those gods are of the world. Those gods are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if they got Eve and he tried it on Jesus in the wilderness, he'll try it on you. I shall not is a boundary of protection. It's a hug of love. No, come here, come here. Stay with me. Spend time with me, God said. Don't go to the world. Don't go to the lust of the flesh. The will of God is not something that we have to do. The will of God is something we get to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this little Bible study I won't call it a talk. I hope it's a message. And Lord Jesus, help us to realize that somebody we're the best Christian they know. And the world's always looking for excuse, so God forbid we'd be excuse. God help us to be an example of holiness, of separation, of God likeness. Help us, Lord, to be. A billboard for Jesus saying, we don't want the world, we got enough in Jesus. He's enough. He's enough. He's more than enough. God, may our life herald that truth that, Lord, you are enough and the commandments are not grievous and we're not serving out a sentence of being an independent fundamental Baptist. Sentence of being a Christian, but we have the privilege of being joint heirs, a child of the King, heirs together of the grace of life, witnesses. Indeed, we ought to be willing to be martyrs, ambassadors, not of this world, but sent into this world represent the king of kings and the lord of lords God help us God help us to realize you are lord and you are enough And we don't want to have anybody feel sorry for us for being in love with you so much that we do not cater to the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye with every head bowed, every eye closed.